All right. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to put this up here because I need my notes. I'm not, I'm not a very good extemporaneous type of... Yeah. My mic on? We good, Derek? Red light on. Red light's on. Okay. All right. 2018's almost here. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but... Uh, I think I must have had a lot of fun last year because it flew by, right? It's supposed to fly when you're having fun. Uh, so yeah, like I said, depending on how you feel about that, uh, why do we celebrate the coming of a new year? A lot of times, uh, for a lot of us, it might be saying good riddance to, to 2017. Uh, maybe we had some unfortunate circumstances that take place. Um, Maybe sometimes it uh, missed opportunities. Uh, for others, we might be looking forward to things that are coming, you know, the birth of a new child or a wedding coming up or a graduation. You know, we've, uh, it's not so much we're kissing the old year goodbye as we are looking forward to what's ahead of us. Um, but we're celebrating new beginnings in, in one way, shape, or form or another, and that's, that's what I really wanted to, I guess if there was a title to this message, it would be New Beginnings. Um, and what those mean to us, and, and how we should take a look at these. Uh, you know, new beginnings are great. We should be seeking to better ourselves and, and our lives, and for those around us as well, we want to seek to better their situations. You know, one of my favorite parts of a, a new year is when we get to hang that fresh calendar, you know, the, the one that doesn't have all the appointments on it, and uh, the edges aren't tore up, and that little hole that you hang it on hasn't been tore out and taped up yet. It's fallen over, over the place. Uh, but with that new year, we all seem to make resolutions, or quite a lot of us do. And, and that's great, you know, to seek to better ourselves, but we've all heard these stats about, you know, by the time the end of February rolls around, uh, we've kind of lost most of those resolutions. We've fallen right back into our old habits. And uh, as I was studying and reading about this, you know, I came across a couple of things that kind of glared out at me. Uh, but anyhow, we're going to tell ourselves we're going to do it this year. Maybe we're going to lose weight. We're going to exercise. We're going to, uh, we're going to start saving money. So whatever it is, you get the idea. Uh, we start out with good intentions, but kind of like the disciples in the, in the garden, you know, the, the flesh is willing or spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We just kind of fall short on it. We miss a day or two at the gym. We'll go out and eat have a fantastic meal, and then that, we start that downhill slide again. And, uh, and I kind of know what that's like. I don't necessarily have a weight issue, but a lot of you all are some very good cooks, and that's a big temptation. Uh, so I just wanted to point out a couple of things in the Bible, uh, what we say about new beginnings. Yeah, I think if we can look at our new beginnings with that outlook, we can have a, a, a lot more success in, in what's coming ahead in the future. We can hold on to these things a little bit better. Uh, but first of all, a new beginning means that something has to end. And I think that's where we fall short on a lot of our resolutions. But, but that makes sense, right? You know, to start new, something has to end. You know? uh, one of the first examples we see this in the Bible is the flood. We have uh, Noah, you know, the story about Noah. Well, God didn't really like what his creation was doing, so he totally ended what was there to start new, to give us a new, a fresh start. 
Uh, we have the Egyptians that are holding the Israelites in slavery. You know, before we can have the Exodus, that slavery time has to end. Now, I say that because in our lifestyles, if I strike up a conversation with almost anybody out here, say, hey, how you doing? You're going to say, good. And then the next sentence, you're going to say, busy. You know, so we don't have, we can't just add things and expect them to hold on, expect them to last. You know, we, we just, our lives are too full for that. I think one of the greatest examples of this clear ending, uh, certainly my favorite example in the Bible, and uh, after we go through it, it probably be yours, but it's uh, in John 19, chapter 30, or I'm sorry, 19, verse 30. In this passage, Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's bloody, he's bruised, he's beaten. Um, he's about to die. He's already prayed for you and me as believers in Christ. He's already uh, asked that the Father's will be done and not his. John 19.30 says, When he had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Now just think about these words for a minute. It is finished. Okay? There's a clear end so we can have a new beginning. There's a clear end to the old covenant where we would be uncertain, where we'd be relying on works, a sacrificial system where we would have to atone for our sins all the time. And Jesus says, it is finished. We wouldn't have to rely on our works for justification before God. It is finished. When Jesus said these words, the ground, the ground shook and the veil tore that gave us access to God. It took that time away where we would be competing against one another for favor for God. Did I give enough? Did I do enough? I found a dollar out in the sidewalk the other day. Did I remember to tie that 10 cents on that dollar or did I just shove it in my pocket? You know, these are the things that we may have been concerned with in order for our righteousness before God. But Jesus took that burden away of following the letter of the law to the T. And he wrote it on our hearts. This is the action that gave every Christian everywhere access to the Father. It's the finishing work of Christ that cleans the slate for us to have a new beginning with God. You know, if it wasn't for this, I, I think about how big of a mess we would be, how uncertain we would be of our salvation, and how much bigger of a mess we'd be making by competing with one another to look good before God. But thank God for clear endings. Thank God for those words that Jesus said, it is finished. And thank you, Jesus, for finishing that work so we can start new. So now I have to ask, are you certain of what Christ did for you? If you're not, please seek out somebody. Seek Pastor, Dan, Jake, myself. Seek out a mature Christian that you can trust to make sure that you are certain. Because that's the certainty that Christ guaranteed for us. But do we look at our New Year's resolutions that way? Do we look at our new beginnings that way? You know, we, we talked about at the beginning here, I want to save more money this year. Do we say, I'm going to save more money this year? Or do we say, I'm going to put to rest my old spending habits so I can save more? 
Do we say, I'm going to lose weight? Or do we say, I'm going to put to death my old habits of eating too much and not getting enough exercise so I can make room for these new habits? You know, the Bible's pretty clear on many instances that this is how new beginnings take place. This is the foundation for our lives as Christians. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul spells this out. Paul, in the epistles, you know, these are, these are teaching us. And Paul's very adamant about this on several occasions. But the first one is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So the old's passed away. You know, that's a polite way of saying that it's dead. It's, uh, it's no more. It can't continue. Now, a little caveat here. This is, not, this is our spiritual self that's dead. Our minds are still here. Our physical bodies are still here. We're still going to have... The same family, the same friends, the same jobs. You know, like I said, our minds are still functioning the same. Hopefully they're changing a little bit on quite a few issues once we become a Christian. But they're still here. We're still going to be influenced by the world. We're still going to be influenced by our friends and family. But with this new spiritual creation, we're made spiritually alive in Christ. And we have the power with this to overcome the temptations we face and the, the, maybe even our addictions. With this new life comes power. We have a way to escape, and that's a promise of God. You know, we talked about, uh, we say that, or I said that Paul uses these, uh, these several times. He's very clear on this. Another couple ones of these that I want to share with you, a couple verses. Uh, Colossians 3, 5, Paul writes, Put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. It's these earthly desires that we seek to change with our resolutions. These are the things that we're trying to get away from, what we're, what we're bound to. For some of us, maybe it's our food that's an idol. For some of us, maybe it's our time, our jobs, our Addictions, maybe it's our phone or what we're looking at on our phone. Maybe it's just ourselves. Maybe we just want to hold ourselves. We want to answer to ourselves and nobody else. We talked a little bit about that in Sunday school. How we kind of Jonah, that's kind of he didn't want to uh, obey God as his Lord. He wanted to take it upon himself and do his own thing. Ephesians four twenty two, Paul writes, "Put off your old self." which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Now, this is strong language as Paul's using. You know, I, I came up with an analogy on our own. We, want, we use strong language to get a point across. If we're walking down the road and somebody's just ahead of us out of our reach and we see a truck careening at them coming off the road, we're not going to say, hey, pardon me, excuse me, get out of the way. No, we're going to shout at them. We're going to say, hey, get out of the way. This is the same sense of urgency, I think Paul's trying to communicate here. You know, this is, this is life and death, and this is urgent, this is immediate, that we need to put these old things to rest so we can begin new. One of the most clear verses on this, but one of the hardest ones to put into action is Romans 13, 14. 
Paul writes here, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So if you have an issue with something, don't allow it in your presence, whether it be junk food, alcohol, drugs, you name it. We have to make no provisions for the flesh. He writes, put on Christ, because that's where the power is found to, to deny these temptations. But it's still, we have to make that conscious decision. Just like as we uh, start out with new beginnings, sometimes we have to make a conscious decision to put in a rest to the end. You know, as I was preparing this message and I started to reflect on 2017 and a lot of the situations that I've seen, a lot of the, the new beginnings that I've seen in 2017. Some of them in my own life, most of them in the lives around me. I've seen some, uh, some lives change. I think we all have uh, through some of the ministries we work, work on here. We've seen lives change where people have been pulled out of some pretty dark places, out of despair, uh, abuse, where no people should ever be. But God offered them a new beginning, and they found courage to take that step, to leave the old and move forward to the new. Uh, one of the, the instances I've seen here recently uh, as a, you know, somebody that's close to me. It's a, it's a marriage restored. One where a husband and wife are now doing life together in unity. They're both unselfishly loving one another and their family. And it's mainly because this, the husband, he made this change. He said, you know what? The old way was just hurting people. He was separating himself from his family. You know, with talking to him, he's made several references to this. He's not, he's, he's a Christian, but he's not in the Word every day. But he still makes these references to his old self, how his old self was just hurting and separating. I had to laugh the one time uh, he was talking about his kids. His kids actually questioned what he was doing. You know, he said, Dad, you're changed. What's, this isn't like you, Dad. And he says, well... This is the new daddy. I'm not going to be perfect, but things are going to be different. And that, as he told me that, you know, I couldn't, I just stood there and smiled with a big amen swelling up in my heart. And I said, this is a perfect example of how this takes place in our daily lives. It's that change that saying, okay, I need to move from this to something better. So these lasting, worthwhile new beginnings all have a few things in common. The first one and the most important is that these ones that I've seen, the ones that last, the ones that are meaningful, are rooted in Christ. Though maybe at the beginning these people don't know it, but that's who's calling them to a new beginning. That's who calls us all to a new beginning. And the second is that they put to death the old way. They moved clearly from it. And the third one is I don't think any of them happened on New Year's. Not New Year's Eve, not New Year's Day. But nonetheless, they happened. You know, in preparation for this message, I looked up a lot of the, the verses that contain the word new in it. And uh, pretty early on, I realized that when God says something about new, he's not talking in the past tense. He didn't say, I did a new thing. No, he says, I am doing a new thing. Promises like Ezekiel 36, 
26 and 27. These are always present tense and future tense. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a new heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is God doing it. This is God promising us. And we don't have to wait for it. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We don't have to wait for a new year, for a new beginning. God's given us all these promises that we can claim every day. Promises of unending love, of strength, of a glorious new beginning at our resurrection at Christ's return if we are in Christ. I mean, what better new beginning can we look forward to than that? And he's offering us these new beginnings every day. He promises them, and all those promises are found through Christ. Mike, if you can put up that verse there, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20. One thing I know for certain is that we all need new beginnings. Every one of us is going to fall short at some point this year. And even if we don't fall short, sometimes we just want to improve our situation. And that's where this new beginning comes in. So whether it's a wrong we've done and we need forgiveness or we just want to get better, God's offering those new beginnings to us daily. And we can move forward with them. He's offering right now. So as we start off the new year, try to make a clear ending to the things that need to be ended. And then as we start, start with Christ, the one who has the power to make the way for us. The one who promises he won't leave or forsake us. He'll go before us. The one who made the way for us through his death on the cross. The one who holds all things together. The one who beat Satan, sin, and death by the power of his resurrection. And he gives that power to us. He promises that power to us. He wants to be there with us every step of this journey. Every new beginning, he's right there. Every morning he's saying, let's start new. So will you invite him to go on that walk with you on that?